a couple of announcements before we start. One is that uh, you're encouraged to notice, not just during the morning sit, this first sit, uh, the instruction sit, but to also notice throughout the day when during your practice, you are you have patience or don't have patience. If you're impatient with something, what are you impatient with? And what's your story? And is that impatience serving you or not serving you? Do you have a choice about the impatience? So starting with this instruction set and then throughout the day, be interested in this so that you start to have an intimate relationship with yourself and patience, not your story, but, but the experience of it, the actual experience. That's where we get empowered. That's where change occurs in the actual experience, what we call the direct experience, the intuitive experience in Vipassana. And likewise, with, with this resolve, this determination, this persistence, just notice your relationship to persistence and the practice that we're getting ready to do, and then throughout the day. The second thing that I would ask you to notice is that, um, or to cooperate with us, is in relation to uh, this morning's instruction. The first part of it is going to be specifically guiding. So the request is that you go along with the guidance you try on the kind of getting started practice that uh, that I will be leading us through this morning. It's like taking a test drive in an automobile. You're not committing to it. You're just seeing how it feels on the road. If some of you that's completely disruptive, don't do it. Don't do it. It's your practice. You 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 take care of yourself. But if if you're open to that, then um, then. Try it and see what happens. And I will make it clear when you're on your own in practice after we have, we've gone through uh, two pieces of this. The first piece is called arriving. And everything I say is quite literal in terms of my suggestion to you. I'm not being philosophical at any point. I'm saying, try this. See what happens if you let your mind move its attention to this this way of meeting the moment. And then the second part is arriving in the body in a particular way and then into the breath in a particular way. So that's what we will be doing. Making yourself comfortable, like if you need to shake for a moment or scoot around your butt, whatever you need to do that would make it easier. Take a few deep breaths, roll your shoulders, you know, open your mouth wide, eyes wide, whatever it would do that would help you like uh, uh, be, be present in that way. And remember, we're practicing practice. We're not practicing results. Arriving, arriving into this very moment. What moment? This moment. When? 
now. Arrive where? Here where we each are. Arriving when? Now. Here and now. The felt sense of here and now. Being present in the immediacy of this moment. There truly is a felt sense. You feel the shift. Your attention is on this very moment that's unfolding. You're mindful and you know you're mindful. Meaning you're present, you're conscious of this moment's arrival, it's unfolding, and then the next moment. Here and now. Notice the conditions of the room in which you sit. Here. Notice that you're sitting there now. It's true, but know that it's true. The only time that we have a choice is when we're present in the here and now. It will grow naturally as a mind stream if we practice. Reflecting for a moment on our aspiration, arriving in the here and now with our aspiration. Right view in terms of the Eightfold Path. Why are we making this a priority in our lives? No long speech, inner speech, but the feeling of it. I am genuinely wishing for more freedom in my life, more understanding, more ease, more presence, more choice, more kindness, whatever it may be, not as a story, not as an identity, but it's this feeling, this aspiration. Bringing mindfulness front and center. So that you, you know that mindfulness is present and you know that you know mindfulness is present. And then your intention, bringing attention to your intention. How do you wish to be moment to moment? The Buddha talked of non-harming in speech and action. The Buddha talked of loving kindness moment to moment, of friendliness to life, 
not something syrupy, but this basic friendliness, supportive feeling here now. That supportive feeling includes, includes you just as you are in this moment, starting where you are. This mindfulness of intention. Intention is always this moment. Aspiration is future. Intention here, now. And then the bitter talk of restraint meaning the discipline to practice, the discipline to live in a way that we don't uh, distract ourselves, lose ourselves, and lose access to the deeper feeling of practice. You can have your own intent from moment to moment. Here now, this intention, arriving, you're mindful, you know what you're about. This becomes a ground, your aspiration and your intention, a ground. You're oriented, you're standing somewhere here and now. this arriving, sometimes the heart gets lifted. Sometimes the body changes its feeling tone. Sometimes you're at odds with it. Some part of you is not cooperating. Be curious and amused. You have gone through the steps. That's your responsibility. What happens is dependent on conditions. And with the same attitude, direct attention to the body. The body as it's known here and now. You may feel various sensations or the body as a whole Things may be moving around a lot. When you fully arrive in the body, sometimes you can be a little giddy or it's a little unsettling. The mind may resist a little or just really settle in. We are practicing practice. Not judging, not comparing the body, neither judging nor comparing the body, nor fixing the body, but knowing the body as it's presenting itself now. So powerful. The basis for patience and persistence.
keep continuing the awareness. I made reference yesterday to Upandita's instruction to rub attention against our chosen object. So we make contact and then we maintain that contact with a relaxed mind. If you will, please drop your attention to the lower half of the body. Feel the pelvis on the cushion, the bench, the chair, the bed. Notice what feels heavy, hard, firm. This is the earth element in the body. the bones going through skin, going through flesh to the bones. Earth element, earth element, earth element. Extend your awareness from the pelvis to the femur bones, the upper leg bones, thigh bones, through skin, through flesh, your attention can penetrate to the very bone structure. Feeling those upper leg bones, hard, firm, heavy, earth element, earth element, earth element. The knees, the two lower leg bones, through skin, through flesh, feel what's firm, hard, heavy, Earth element, earth element, here now. The bones that make up the ankle and the feet, and then so many, many bones in the toes. Firm, hard, heavy, earth element, earth element. If you will, please invite the earth element to rest on Mother Earth. It's just a gentle, gentle, gentle invitation, slight moving of your attention. Mother Earth is here to receive this very body. We call that relationship gravity. That we're so resistant to just accepting it. Just letting 
the weight be underside, it's said in martial arts. As this effect occurs, it can sometimes make the breath more available in the lower abdomen. Or you can feel the breath in the movement of the spine. Sitting in the bones, it's called in Zen. So true. Bring your attention to the shoulders, the scapula and all the bones that make up the shoulders, the clavicles. Firm, hard, heavy, earth element. The humerus bone in the upper arms. Firm, hard, heavy, earth element, earth element. The elbows and the lower arms, those two arm bones, the flesh to the bone. Skin to flesh to bone. Earth element, earth element. Weight underside. Elbows heavy, not pushing down, but not hovering. The wrist, the hands, the fingers, so many bones. Firm, hard, heavy. The felt sense of earth element. The felt sense of being embodied. With this upper awareness of the earth element, sometimes the chest may be more free or nothing's happening, or you may feel the rib cage move, or the jaw relaxes. You are able to feel the skull as it balances on the spinal cord. Again, nothing may be happening but you do follow, you do have the felt sense without anything specific. Act as though, trust that you are accessing this earth element. It is your object of meditation using one of the elements as our temporary object of meditation. One of the things that most people report is that there is in the earth element a kind of stillness. that the earth element is relatively still. This stillness is grounding. It becomes a ground for stability of the mind and meditation. 
It is here that maybe we can best understand what is meant by ground, what is meant by stillness. Every moment of our experience, if we but have the capacity to notice, stillness is present. With the stillness as our object of attention, we start to notice in contrast to that stillness the movement of the wind element. We call that breath. So attention moves. Stillness is in the background and in the foreground is the wind element, the breath coming in and out. Such a contrast. You may feel the breath in the abdomen by noticing a little rising and falling or expanding and contracting. You may notice it in the chest rising and falling. You may notice it at the nostrils, just the tip of the nostrils, not up in the nostrils, but right there above the upper lip as the air comes in and out. In, out. Like the tide at the shoreline. A wave in, a wave out. You also might feel that wave in and out as it moves through the whole body or just there at the nostrils. It all depends on the practice at any given moment. Following the breath where it's easy, more easy not absolute easy. How are we relating to this breath? With patience and ease. Our practice is staying with the chosen object that's arising in the mind that we have chosen. Let's just practice so we can relax our attention. We are paying attention, but it's not tense. Not tense. What do you notice when you're feeling the breath, this movement?
for me that it's always changing. Unlike the sense of the earth element, which there is change, but it's subtle. Breath is more pronounced as change. The difference in in and out, those pauses that happen with the breath, how the breath can speed up or slow down, expand, contract, sometimes uh, be felt just like an inner experience of a kind of wave. And now, if you will, notice something else. You can hold your attention steady on the breath, although as an object arising in the mind, it's always changing. Holding attention steady on the breath or any experience arising in the mind creates a kind of ground. So we are grounded as we open later on in the retreat to ever more changing experience. Our attention serves as a ground, just as our intention serves as a ground, just as the body serves as a ground. You, just as you are, have this experience all the time without noticing it. So notice it with this very breath. Holding attention just for one inhale. You're grounded in that inhale. Just one exhale. The attention is grounding. If we're jumpy, we can go back to the earth element and steady ourselves in feeling the earth element in its stillness and just start over. Always willing to start over. No problem. As you practice this morning, your mind may be filled with other things. News or something about your family or something about the food you have. could be anything. This happens. We practice with the mind as it is. The mind's restless. It's sleepy. It's doubtful. It's wanting something. It's kind of in a bad mood and feeling aversive. That's the state we practice with. Aversive mind, wanting mind, sleepy mind, restless mind, doubting mind practices with patience and persistence. Knowing how to find a ground from which to practice. The body, the breath,
you can feel the body and breath as kind of one. For sometimes the body sensations are more predominant and other times the breath. That's a fine object, those two intermingling like that. Eventually, the breath will become more stable and central. There's no rush. The final instruction, when the mind is pulled away from the breath and you notice it, which could be immediately or 20 seconds later or three minutes later, whenever you notice it, pause for a moment. Renew the here and now. You're practicing, you're not judging, you're not expecting, you're practicing. And you realize you have choice at this moment because you're awake to place attention back on the breath. Do so gently but firmly, but from the point of view of deliberately knowing that this is what you're choosing to do. Psyche will start to help you. That's our nature of mind, that once the mind really gets what we are interested in, it slowly gets convinced of that and starts to help us. At this point, you practice utilizing the suggestions made and any other means of practice that you employ patiently and persistently.
The Buddha taught the practice of meditating with the elements using earth, wind, fire, and water. And in some of the suttas, he will also include space and occasionally even consciousness. In my own experience now, having taught this thousands of times, thousands of, not taught thousands of times, but thousands of people, the, the earth element and the wind element can be so helpful to get us here, to get us to this here now, this, this kind of attention that's connected, that one moment's connected to another because it gives the mind a way to get organized. It gives us the ground for the attention's resting on something, and then we just direct it with the, the continuity, the rubbing, if you will, the whatever you want to see it, the, the staying with the breath or whatever is our chosen object. And that same quality of attention when we open to all the different experiences of understanding these, these key insights of the Buddha, that same quality of attention is what allows us to, quote, penetrate, that is really deeply understand through direct experience what the Buddha is teaching. So it's kind of a fundamental way of, of empowering us in our practice. And utilize it if it's useful to you. And if it's not useful, let it go. Just ease. Just let it go. I wanted this morning uh, uh, to take us through the schedule, which we we did not do so thoroughly yesterday, we realized afterwards. So I wanted to just step you through how this is working here. The early morning sit is just that. It's the early morning sit, and there were about 50 people that came this morning, so clearly it's, uh, it's attracting a lot of you, and that's a wonderful start to the day to do that. You can come and try it. That doesn't mean you have to come the next day, so why not at least try it once or twice? And then the next time we come together, is at uh, this uh, this eight what's called eight ten for arriving and settling. If you don't mind, I would rather you came a few minutes early, eight oh five or something, because people are coming a little late, and we're we're trying to start on time so that we can fully utilize. You know that that's our shared practice time together. So if you can get here a few minutes earlier and get settled, that will be. Uh, I, I, the the room is open at eight o'clock, although sometimes there's a little delay, but um, uh, I'm always here, you know, at eight o'clock waiting to get in. And then, um, uh, and again, you getting settled, you having a few minutes to getting settled with yourself. It's just really helpful in terms of this momentum of practice. We learn how to line ourselves up to practice and get this uh, staying with this kind of uh, connected the feeling, so th- that starts at, that starts at eight fifteen, and then uh, we stop at nine ten, so that we have time to get to our groups. That uh, and those groups start at nine twenty. It takes a few minutes. We know people need bio breaks, and maybe we do ourselves. And so we're in our group, and as you know, you have group every other day. 
And then we come back together at 10 o'clock for sitting. That is the first, as is true also, with the 11.30 sitting. And again, you'll hear me say this afternoon, with the 3 o'clock sitting, these are times for you to practice on your own. And we did not, again, we weren't as clear as would have been desirable about that. It's very valuable to you for you to practice without a lot of instruction at time. So in what I was doing this morning was giving you a lot of orientation as to how you might practice. But then the idea is you go practice on your own. You see if it works for you or not. You take one little piece of it, like this whole idea of getting started, really arriving before you go to your breath or go to the body, that you really arrive, that you're here. You're in the present moment. That's a technique. That's a technology for practice and bringing mindfulness front and center is a little piece of technology. Uh, all, all acknowledgement to the venerable Ajahn Analio, from which I, I learned of his version of this arriving and which I've created my own. Um, but his, the phrase mindfulness front and center is his. So, um, so we have, so we, 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 you know, we, we have this, we have this period of practice on our own. And then we do, then we do, uh, uh, we come back. Well, I'm sorry, I left out the, the at 9.15, the groups. If we're not, if you're not in a group, the encouragement is to do walking practice. Realistically at home, you sometimes have to wash the dishes or whatever, but we're encouraging movement practice and the, the walking in your apartment or your house you can walk five steps one way, five steps the other. You can go outside and, and do a, more of a strolling kind of walk. You don't want to be doing that very slow walk for people to think you're on drugs or something. But you, uh, you, uh, you, you, you are letting, as, as Tori so beautifully took us through yesterday, you're letting the energy move, but you're also letting the, the wisdom move. Sometimes uh, the retreats I've been teaching online many times, people come back with their biggest insights from the walking practice rather than the sitting practice. Uh, Tori and I have taught a lot together in the last six months, and uh, we've heard this over and over again. So that walking practice is not a break unless you need a break. It's, it's not tea time unless that's what you need to nourish yourself. But this is the restraint. This is the discipline. Of, of, of working in this way. So that's this 9.15. We come back to 10 o'clock, as I was saying, and we do this sitting. We will say a few words and somebody will always be there to ring the bell because we are holding the container together and we want you to feel that we are holding the container. The container of what? The container of our intention to practice, our aspiration for practice, our, our method of practice, and our presence. We're holding the container for all of that to occur as an inner experience, quite literally, no metaphor here. And then, uh, then there's another uh, walking meditation at 1045, or you may be in that practice group, the every other day thing. And then at 1130 on, correct me if I say this wrong, somebody on Sunday, today, Tuesday and Thursday, we are offering metta on those three days. So today at 11.30, when we come back to practice, there will be someone teaching metta. And again, it'll vary to which teacher. 
in each of these three times. The metta is to help you. It softens the practice. It brings compassion. It has. It can bring concentration. It can help balance out. And you may choose to do metta on your own quite a bit. On your on your practice times are not so much. Some people start start practice metta each sitting when they're practicing on their own, or they end with it. You again, you're crafting your own practice for right now. This this retreat may be one way, or this day of retreat may be one way, but other days not that way. So you're this is the art of practice, the art. And then we have our lunch break, and the lunch break is because it's it's quite a long lunch break. The idea is that's when you do your task if you have to do task, but also that again. If if uh, your your lifestyle permits it, that you will do your own practice at some point during that, which could be a sitting and walking practice, or just a sitting practice, or just a walking practice. But that you, it's your time to again to to start to build your practice when you're not going to be on retreat. So well well worth investigating. You can try, and if if you just need the whole time to rest, you'll find out because you practiced and that was too much. We learn. We have to experiment to learn. And then we, we come in a little before three o'clock. Again, I would rather we arrived at 2.50 than 2.55 so we can be on time for the three o'clock sit. And then, and again, that's a practice sit. And then at 3.45, we have another walking meditation. And at 4.15, as we did yesterday, we will have the Dhamma talk. And it's a 45-minute Dhamma talk. And uh, then we have our, our, our tea time and we have a closing sit at seven o'clock and that's the day. That doesn't mean at 7.30 that you have to, that you have to uh, stop practicing. If your circumstances are such and you're a night person, it may be you want to take a break at 7.30 and then come back at eight o'clock or 8.30 and do another sit or at nine o'clock. Far better than turning on the television. There's also the whole sense of renunciation. So uh, watch as little news as you feel as though you absolutely have to do. No news is the best of all, but that's often not possible right now. But you can fast. You can go on to a a fast in relation to, to all your electronics. If you were in person, we would collect your electronics and we would hold them for you so that you could be protected from them from the email, the texting, the, this compulsion to fill up to date, who's trying to reach me. You can do that on your own at home as is appropriate in your circumstance. Again, we really recognize that a home practice is different that way. So that's the nature of what we're doing here. And then each day we will ask you to practice the parami, this, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, attainment, this creating the condition, this, this cultivation of these characteristics that we have in us, as, as uh, Don was saying, that's in the art. We're cultivating the conditions where those, those, those grow. They become more available to us. They emerge. They blossom. And so today we're inviting you to stay with, the, with this investigation of, of what it's like to, to be aware and be in a deeper relationship with your patients and with uh, or, or forbearance 
and then with your resolve, determination, or as I like to say, persistence. So that's what we do, but we just do our regular practice, but then we notice those two qualities, those two qualities that, that we have as part of our regular practice. Also today at 2.30, we're, we're doing, this is a one-time thing. At 2.30 today, we're inviting those of you who this is your first retreat uh, of uh, uh, any kind. So you've not been on a residential retreat uh, or of any length that you may have gone to a day long or just a weekend. But if you need some basic orientation to our kind of practice, then at 2.30, there will be a teacher or two here in the main hall at 2.30 to uh, uh, talk about the, the basics of our practice, things that we have not yet done, just, just the regular stuff of practice. Most of you have quite a bit of experience, and there's no need for you to come to this. And um, uh, it's just for, it's for those folks who are, uh, who, who are getting started or have only barely gotten started, and they need a little reminder, a little refresher. You decide for yourself if you fit in that category. And with that, it's time for us to go to our groups and we will see you shortly. We're a little behind here, so we may be a little slow getting in there. Thank you. Have a great day of practice.